The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. And we are in Starville, Mississippi at Backstage Music. I've got the owner, Cody Mason. Cody, how you doing? Pretty good, Alan. Good to have you. Get over here so I can see you. Oh, well, brother, before we dive off into uh, Backstage, I wanted to uh, get a little background on you. Who are you? Where are you from? I am Cody Mason. I'm from Union, Mississippi originally, kind of close to Philadelphia, if you know where that is. Um... What do you want to know? <laughs> Tell me a little bit about growing up, man. What was you into? Uh, well, obviously music. Um, you know, school wasn't much my thing, so you know, I'd just go home and play a lot of guitar, more than likely. Uh, not a lot of people in Union playing guitar, nevertheless, teaching it or selling gear or anything like that. So whenever I got, came to a place like Starville and got involved you know, with backstage and stuff, that was obviously huge, way bigger than anything I'd ever been a part of. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, you know, my... Just your basic Mississippi raisin, you know, just riding bikes with the boys after school, playing football, hanging out. Um, about yeah. it, you know, kind of vanilla, to be honest with you. Yeah, and so those listening, like Union's not far outside of Philadelphia, Mississippi, right? That's right. It's between um, Union and Decatur, uh, about 15 minutes from Philadelphia, or mm. uh, f- between Philadelphia and Decatur. Right. And so uh, your brother Mattis like told me some stories in the past. Y'all, uh, y'all have had some times at the fair. Of course, yeah. Birthday is during the fair, which is always a problem. <laughs> um, yeah, in Shelby County Fair, that's like a huge deal. If nobody's heard of that, I mean, it's 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 incredible sight to see. Off in the middle of Neshoba County, in the middle of nowhere, you just show up and there's just just miles of cabins and mm-hmm. you know a lot of gluttony to be had. Yeah, no kidding. You have uh, families like the Mannings, even uh, oh, of prominent families in Mississippi come out for the uh, the square. You got a uh, live music. You got horse racing. It's uh, it's quite the quite the sight to behold. One hundred percent. And interesting fact about the Neshoba County Fair: there's only two places in the world that has campground or, or kind of like fairgrounds that have like cabin structures built onto it. There's a little spot in Sweden that's got about 20 cabins, and then there's an Ashoba County Fair that has over 500. <laughs> it's known as Mississippi's Giant House Party. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I had, uh, when I was a kid growing up or even like teenager or even in my 20s, like I grew up uh, just across the state line in Alabama. And all I knew about Philadelphia was the casino and the water park. And then when I started doing the podcast and I started hanging around people who knew about the fairs, like, you ever been to the Neshoba County Fair? I was like, well, what is that? And he's like, you have got to be kidding me. Yeah. Because it is kind of like a, it's a world famous thing. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, you know Blue Front Cafe with in Bentonia, Mississippi. It's one of those things that uh, it's about as Mississippi as it gets. A hundred percent. But you've either heard of it or you, you haven't, you mm-hmm. know. And you could be right down the road from it and never experience it. Uh, yeah, it's amazing to me whenever I talk to people, even from Startville, that have no idea what the fair is, you know. Mm-hmm. But it just makes you feel good whenever you see that that fair sticker on the back of the car driving by, and then you, if you know what that is, you're like, man, you know, I wish I could have gone this year. Yeah, some of my thought. people. Right, right, hundred. Yeah, that's exactly. I, I I had no idea what those stickers meant. Now, now I know. <laughs> yeah, if you know, you know. Well, dude, how old uh, how old you say you was when you picked up the guitar? I, I so my mom bought me my first guitar when I was twelve, and being a twelve year old, you know, you got video games, you got TV, all these distractions. Didn't really care about guitar. When I was about fifteen years old, um, I actually moved out to Albuquerque, New Mexico, when I was fourteen. Uh, from my freshman year of high school and whenever I came back from Albuquerque then I kind of wanted to get a little more into guitar how did that happen I just wanted to move you know I just kind of wanted to get out of town you know what I mean just see the world my uh, dad and my stepmom were travel nursing and they just kind of gave me the opportunity hey do you want to do you want to come out here and see a different part of the country I was like yeah absolutely you know so I went out there I only lived there for six months but it was by far like the most eye-opening six months of my life had to be yeah it was especially like coming from like small town mississippi and then seeing you know half the country and then being albuquerque yeah yeah it's incredible and the first time that i saw new mexico you think about nothing but desert right just sand flat as far as i can see i fell asleep in oklahoma this was in december i fell asleep in oklahoma and when i woke up it was sun was shining and it was just as far as I could see it. Blanket of snow in the middle of the desert. <laughs> it just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I never would have thought it would even snow there. Yeah. And I've seen more, I saw more snow out there in the middle of the desert than I ever seen in Mississippi. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, I bet. So, yeah, that was a big deal. Big deal for my life. Yeah, that had to be like one of those cultural things. Like, uh, I remember <coughs> first opportunity I had to uh, leave the country, it really opened my eyes to uh, not only just how well we have it here, but just different ways that people do in life because you're so centered on like well this is what mississippi is and this is how we get by and you all you see on tv and tv is not necessarily reality right of course so it kind of it does culture you and then be like when you get back home you got a story to tell right right absolutely and that's and that's how i felt you know people thought i was crazy for going out there but i was like i gotta do something you know you can't be cooped up in union your whole life right on so that was cool so away from that um Whenever I got back, obviously, like a lot of players, you know, I wanted to uh, play in church. So, you know, that's kind of how I got my start in church. Like, I would think a lot of Southern musicians got their start in church. That's how I cut my teeth. (laughs) Absolutely. So, learned guitar. I was a rhythm player for, you know, forever. Just like me and an acoustic. You know, I'd play around the bonfire with the boys and that kind of thing. And uh, I guess I was... I just turned 21 
and a buddy of mine down the street who was an older cat, um, they had a gig down in New Orleans, and their bass player couldn't make the gig. Something with work, he just kind of knew a few months in advance, he's not going to make the gig. So they shoehorned me in. They were like, man, you play rhythm guitar, you've been playing a long time, you've got this idea about how to play guitar, you know notes. I think you can play bass. You can figure this out. You know, it's one note, one string, you know, do you think? And uh, so, went and played the gig down in New Orleans on St. Charles Avenue. That was my first gig ever, playing out at a bar, you know. <laughs> and from then, um, me and my brother started a band called Jam Theory. <laughs> and, we, and then we really got to gig in bars, you know. We played uh, places in Philadelphia, uh, out on the res and you know outside of Jackson and Canton at a little place called um, oh god I can't even remember Club 43 I think is what I think that sounds right and uh, we played out there a lot you know got some gigs here and there <laughs> and like all bands you know you kind of end up splitting going different ways gotta go um, and so then started Darkwater with Philip Sable and at the time Josh Sessoms uh, and me and Matt and how did uh, how did Philip and Josh how did how did all y'all meet? So I'd been friends with Josh Sessoms for years, all through high school and things like that. Okay, and so I, was a Union cat too. He was Philadelphia. Okay, but I ran with a lot of Philadelphia folks. That was just kind of my people. <clears throat> um, a lot of my friend group was from Philadelphia. So went to the you know we'd all like meet up at the movies you know and that type of thing stuff that you couldn't really do in Union and. Uh, so me and Josh had been part of a friend group for a really long time. I knew he played guitar, and he started hanging out with Philip. They met, I don't know how they met, maybe the fair, whatever it was. And they were doing all this really cool, like kind of psychedelic-y, bluesy, you know. Uh, Philip was like a huge, like widespread Panic fan. Um, so we all kind of got involved with that, and then started playing like a bunch of old hill country blues. And we were like, we were just kind of getting together, jamming at night, you know, kind of hanging out, drinking a few beers, just playing. We were like, guys, I think we could take this thing electric and start trying to get a few gigs. <clears throat> that led to probably about a, uh, I'd say probably about a seven or eight year run, maybe. I've still got that CD. Yeah, yeah, Pirates uh, of the Mighty Pearl. Yeah, That's that it. Thing. Still playing, <clears throat> still slaps. Yeah, yeah, thanks. And uh, uh, my favorite memory, and Philip and Matt tell it all, uh, probably, I don't know if you'd agree, but y'all's most iconic show at the Fountain after the Alabama State game? Was oh, I don't even... Uh, I, th- I think that may have been the impetus for me leaving the band, actually. Because <laughs> it was like 32 degrees outside. It was like in the 30s. Oh, yeah. And I was playing bass. I was like, guys, I can't play bass in that cold. You know, we wanted to play outside. Mm-hmm. And that, you know... That's kind of, that was kind of the, the beginning of the end, if you will. But anyway, that's all uh, past stuff at this point. But um, yeah, they had a freaking killer gig. Just Philip and Matt and maybe one other guitar player or bass player. Somebody came out. <laughs> I was a wuss, so it is what it is. But, you know, I was kind of coming to the end of my gigging run anyway at that time. You know, I was about to get married. Me and my wife were kind of about to get started moving in together. There was like a lot of stuff that was kind of going on. I was running out of time um, during the week to even do a gig. So it probably happened when it was supposed to happen, you know. But yeah, they had a they had an absolutely killer show out there. Okay. Pretty neat. Yeah, I didn't. My bad. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's all water under the bridge. Yeah. I uh, still love those guys, obviously. But 
Yeah. Um, we played a lot of gigs at like you know the the Ground Zero Blues Club in um, Clarksdale, which is obviously Morgan Freeman's joint. Um, played a lot of really really cool shows throughout the year. That was one of those iconic shows too. Like y'all had some pretty good video footage from that night, right? Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, it was always a good time up there at Ground Zero. But I mean, we would we were crazy with it. I mean, at one point we would play, you know. We'd head down to like Ocean Springs and play a gig at I think the Juke Joint or something, and then you know crash at the hotel and then head all the way up to Oxford or Clarksdale. I mean we were really covering a lot of ground on the weekends. I mean we were we were hitting the road hard there for a long time. Weekend warriors. Yeah, it seems like uh, and it's I'm in my 30s now and doing what what a young 19 to you know 24 year old would do is like as far as being a road dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I definitely see what you mean is like. Uh, now it's a little bit harder for me to n- not just uh, do it, but want to do it. It's like, man, that's kind of it's kind of getting behind me a little bit. Yeah, hundred percent. Where I almost want to just hold up shop in one town, play those mm-hmm. play those gigs, and just you know <laughs> let the youngins have the road. No, hundred percent. Yeah, I could <laughs> not. I just couldn't do it these days. I do some local stuff now, but I don't do a lot of traveling. You yeah. know, it's more of like kind of a fun thing. I mean, at one time it was kind of lucrative, you know, paying the bills and, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the day job during the week and then band on the weekends. I mean, that was extra cash for, you know, Whatever. food that week <laughs> in some cases. Yeah. So what about influences? Like, uh, just going back to early days, who were you listening to? Would it be like Dookie and Green Day that made you really want to play guitar? I would say, or? yeah, that's a, that's a pretty fair representation. I mean, I was always kind of into that more like, I don't know, punky sort of um, rock and roll, you know, like some, even like all the way down to like Screamo back in the day, I used to listen to a ton of that stuff, like heavy rock and stuff. And I don't know how I ended up settling on, you know, blues and jam band music with Darkwater, you know, obviously a lot of the uh, Pop 90s stuff. I mean, even now the projects that I'm doing, is just a, it's um straight 90s. I mean, we just do stuff that you would have heard on the radio on your way to college in 1995 you know that's kind of our bag that we're doing now the jockeys the jockeys yeah that's right me and brian harkins been doing that for a couple of years now but um i don't know man um i i'd say i'm influenced just ask me what month is it and i'll tell you a different influence i mean right now i'm really super into like a lot of like indie rock stuff you know like some of the the english bands doing the indie scene i, I kind of into that uh, I just sort of I bounce around a lot. A lot of the stuff that I record, I mean, I've got a little studio at my house that I do some recording in. Um, a lot of stuff that I write is very much like indie rock influenced, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm at now. But again, ask me next year and I'll be totally on down changed. the road to something else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about like uh, Brian Harkins, a uh, very talented musician. He's one of the, one of the most talented guitar players here in Starkville. How did y'all meet? Uh, man, I've been super lucky to get up with Brian. I mean, obviously, um, Brian, um, he's from Yazoo City originally, and uh, me and him uh, came together through a mutual friend, really a lot through the store. You know, he would come in. He's really good buddies with Drew Dickman, who is... Probably the um, best. Well, you know, I, I, I hate to throw around those terms because there's so many talented yeah, they are. musicians. I mean, from Bill Cook, Jerry Carnathan, you know, you, you name them. I mean, there's tons. The list is long of guitar players from Starville that are killer. Um, but yeah, we just kind of linked up uh, through Drew Dickman and um, 
just kind of hung out, you know, a couple of guys just wanting to start a little project. And now we're like the best of buddies, you know, it's like mm-hmm. one of my guys. So, um, I'd say just, uh, just sort of through osmosis, we kind of came, came along, but yeah, Brian is a, he's a killer guitar player, writer, you know, you get him on any genre and he's like right there. Yeah. I, I recently, well, I say recently, it's probably been close to a year now <coughs> of Bo introduced me to Brian and, uh, cause Brian had that banjo he was wanting to get off <laughs> mm-hmm. of and, uh, ended up hanging out with him that day for a little while and like listening to some records, even playing <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, me and him really connected on Dinosaur Jr. Yeah, yeah, Dinosaur Jr. He's big into it, <laughs> for sure. And so th- that style, and he's like, man, I didn't know, there ain't a whole lot of people around here that like that. And I was <laughs> like, I, you might be surprised. Uh, so uh, what about, uh, this goes back a little bit, what about playing with Jamie Rogers? Oh, yeah, man, playing with those guys. Fat Axel, right? Fat Axel. Um I love Jamie's writing. I mean, I'm always, anything Jamie writes, I'm like all over. He's good. He's got a lot of influences from, you know, Ryan Adams to, yes, to television, to you name it. I mean, he's really super big into classic rock. Um, and, you know, like bands like The Scorpions, for instance, or The Police. So, you know, he's got so many influences. And the stuff he writes is like so soulful, you know. So I, I connected through Jamie. I connected with Jamie through the store. Me and Jamie uh, worked Saturdays together for a couple of years, so we got real tight in that way. And um, they needed a bass player, so I was like, man, I'm not going to be like your super punky best bass player in the world, but I'll try to do it justice in whatever way I can. I just wanted to be involved in the music. I mean, I just love the writing. Um, Him and Todd Carlisle wrote a bunch of really great music. Mm -hmm. Um, so me and Todd, you know, we're all, I'm still good buddies with all those guys. Me and Todd often talk about writing and things like that and what he's kind of doing with his music. Um, but yeah, Jamie, super solid dude. I mean, I just, I just love Jamie to death. Great guy. Um, so again, we just kind of came together through osmosis sort of that way too. A lot of these relationships I've cultivated here have been through the store, mm-hmm. obviously. And so, what would uh, what would prompt you to be moving to Starville <coughs> School? No, um, really, just needed a change. You know, Philadelphia. I was living. You know, it was like kind of just the regular day to day thing. I did just become mundane. Um, just need a new change of scenery. And Matt, uh, my brother, had gotten married and moved over here. Um, and so I just was like. Let me live with you for a little while. Let me see what Starville's like. Let me just get a little change of scenery. Um, and now I'm planted here like a flag at this point. I mean, I'll, I hope I never leave. Um, and it's just kind of worked my way up through, you know, when I first got here, I was working little restaurant jobs, obviously still gigging with Matt and Phillip um, and just sort of making it. But I just love the vibe of Starville. I mean, there's nothing like it. And I always say, it's kind of like what they say about Austin, Texas. Like, you're not truly in Mississippi until you leave Starville. You know, it's such a melting pot because of the college. So, always interesting people to meet, cool stuff to do. Um, it's, it definitely has its own its own vibe. I've been working here for in this town for almost four years. And before that, my only experience with Starville was, uh, I remember as a teenager, coming over to, uh, this is, uh, what, off Main Street with the, the State Theater, uh, coming to see Cross Canadian Ragweed, or even just going on the state's campus to yeah. catch some collegiate sports. 
Uh, you know, it used to be, uh, this was the reputation that Starville had where I was from, and every time I came, it was true at the time, was uh, don't drink and drive, and you better not have anything illegal on you because you're, you're going to have a roadblock. A hundred percent, yeah. Same with Philadelphia when you think about the fair times. Oh, absolutely. Know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so they got to get that revenue coming. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's it's like you said, it's it does have that Austin, Texas feel to where, like, and you, you used to hear it, like, keep Starville strange, keep Starville weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, uh, with every every year or even semester, you have a brand new flock of people flooding into the town, changing the culture. Uh, so how would you get hooked up with a job here at Backstage? Uh, so it was a really interesting kind of story. <clears throat> um, they needed uh, somebody to work here. Um, they were just kind of looking for somebody. And the way that Backstage has always hired people they don't just take the first application that walks in. They try to find the right fit, the right guy. Doesn't have to be the greatest musician in the world. Doesn't you know? They take people who don't know a thing about PA gear. They just want that the person that's got the it thing. You know, yeah, the factor. And um, Jim Beatty, my now my partner, um, such a great guy. He came in City Bagel. I was working at City Bagel, and he just came in for breakfast with his family. And just saw me in there just breaking my ass, just working like crazy, but still able to keep that customer service thing, running the register, running the expo, you know, like he could tell that I had the the work ethic, but he was wearing an Ernie Ball t-shirt. And he walked up to the thing, first thing I said to Jim, it's like, hey man, cool shirt, do you play? And I had no idea who Jim was at the time. He probably kind of found it funny because he's also planted in Starville like a flag, so... He said, yeah, you know, I play a little bit. Uh, and he was going to leave uh, the restaurant, and he just slid his business card across the table. He just said, why don't you give me a call when mm-hmm. you get off your shift? And I just looked at that business card, saw backstage music. And I'd been in backstage for strings and cables and everything that everybody comes in here for. Yes. And I said, holy crap. You know? since, since I've been living in Columbus and Starkville, like living in this area, like any guitar need, like it would be easy for me to just hop on Sweetwater or whatever else. Uh, but I, I don't do that. I mean, I've been doing business here with y'all for, I don't know, six, seven years now. And if y'all don't have it, uh, knowledgeable staff, uh, and y'all can get it. <clears throat> or if y'all don't have it, y'all got a good recommendation for, hey, this might this might be able to cut it for you too. Sure, absolutely. So shout out to that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, when Jim slid that uh, business card across the table, I said to my good buddy who was working in the kitchen, I said, man, this guy's about to offer me a job. Holy crap, you know. And mm-hmm. I hadn't even thought about trying to look for another job, obviously. But working in restaurants, you always kind of want a way out. And uh, Yeah, the industry will wear on you. Yeah, 100%. And called Jim. He said, yeah, man, we're kind of we're looking for a guy, but we don't know exactly when we want to hire but I would like to consider you. Why don't you come in and meet my partner, who was Alan McBroom at the time? And y'all sit down and have a conversation. And uh, I wouldn't say me and Alan hit it off right away, but you could tell that uh, that he was kind of picking up what I was putting down. You know, we were sort of. Uh, it was very preliminary. Then I came in, started working just a couple of days a week. Then it was three days a week. Then it was four days a week, and then it was full time. Um, and man, after, you know, five years of that, there were, uh, Alan was thinking about retiring 
And he approached me one day, he said, how would you like to own this business? And from there, I was like, holy crap. Well, it had to be a whirlwind going through I, your mind. I had not even considered it. I mean, I've always worked hard. I've always kind of really enjoyed retail. Um, I've even worked in clothing stores before, you know, just because I really enjoy the retail and that customer service kind of aspect of things. But I had never considered being an owner. Um, and the rest, they say, is history. I mean, we kind of worked out a, a, an agreement. And, yeah, just everything just kind of worked out. And here I am, dream come true. I mean, I didn't really have any kind of huge guitar store in the area that I lived in. I mean, going to Mississippi Music in Meridian was like going to like a guitar center, you know, for the first time. It was just That's just where you went to go to a larger store. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always loved the guitar store atmosphere. You know, let me pick that up. Let me play that. Let me try out this amp. Um, just like any kid would. Um, so being able to own a piece of that is just life-changing. It's incredible. Um, and I, I don't see me doing anything else for the rest of my life at this point. Um, I just love it. I uh, love the vibe. Love the clientele. Everything involved with this store is just like it's like the perfect place for me. Yeah, you mentioned like being really into retail, and I've I've been hanging out and playing music with your brother for some years now. And uh, you know, when you would come up, one thing that Matt would always say is like, "My brother Cody is uh, I don't know where he got it from, but he's he's always been very business minded oriented." Like, where do you think that came from? I don't know. You know, my dad would say it's in the family. Um, my grand my great grandfather owned up. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Really prolific shoe store in Philadelphia yeah. right there on the square for, you know, for 30 or 40 years. And I don't know if it runs in the family or what, but I just always kind of, I've always kind of had that thing about me. I don't know what it is. And I, and I just enjoy it. I enjoy it talking to people and if somebody approaches me about a purchase I always want to kind of lead them in the right direction I guess I I don't know what it is it's sort of a natural thing for me Um, and I didn't I didn't try at it or anything like that I didn't think it was something I was Mm -hmm. really interested in doing but here I am it's just a good fit I suppose yeah worked a ton of construction worked a ton of uh you know restaurants and all that i mean i've kind of done a little bit of everything but retail was always kind of my passion i think yeah and so to move into uh backstage and like boys and girls if you're unfamiliar it's right here in the heart of starville it's on highway 12 uh they offer a lot of services uh so (laughs) i've i've sent people from my hometown kennedy they were looking for a violin for their daughter and uh, y'all were able to hook them up on that so yeah uh, absolutely you know, like from where I'm from, usually we do uh, our business with uh, Guitar Gallery in Tuscaloosa. But here lately, like, Startville's a little, little bit closer depending on where you live. So I was like, go to Startville. So uh, what are some of the uh, services y'all offer here? So we like to say if somebody's interested in anything music-wise, come talk to us first. Um, we, uh, we do band instrument rentals. We do, like you say, we have our own violin program that we've cultivated right here in our store um it's a really affordable kind of parent-friendly program uh obviously we do the retail side of things you know we do um we offer lessons we do installations in churches i mean we have been it seems like we've been in every church from here to uh, you know tennessee down you know even near like the decatur area i mean a couple hours away um We've kind of been all over the place, and Jim started their, the install business probably over 30 years ago. So you can imagine just the clientele that we built from there. Um, obviously, it's kind of interesting, like in Starville, because in the retail side of things, our our customer base flips over every six months. So it's like you've always got new people to to meet, to sell to, and we like to we don't really like to think to about just selling people stuff we like to make relationships it's kind of a drag whenever you know you've got this guy who's become a backstage guy quote unquote um who you've started this relationship with comes to you for all their string needs all their weird questions you know like anything people feel like they can kind of open up to us then all of a sudden you realize like man you know i haven't seen so and so in like six months then you know they'll come back to visit or whatever and then they'll come in the store and say hey it's like yeah man i graduated like six months ago i've got my i got my engineering degree and i'm living in arkansas you know so there's a ton of that um then there's obviously the the staples the hometown staples that you see i mean people come here for school and then they stay forever because they just love the vibe of the place um so 
all that being said, I mean, we try to just be a full service musical stop. Um, we do, if we want to talk about our lessons, you and I are sitting in our lesson lobby right now. You can see these four rooms. Mm-hmm. These are all our lesson rooms. We've got around 80 students right now that are taking piano lessons, voice lessons, uh, guitar lessons, bass lessons, um, drums, obviously. Um, we even have a, a retired band director from Starville High School who does flute, saxophone, trumpet, all the band horn instruments, you know. So if you're a, uh, <coughs> excuse me, if you're a kid who's in high school who wants to do a lines band and you need that, or, you know, if you're a, um, a third chair flute student and you, and you want to make your way to first chair, we offer you a service that allows you to get some extra time in during the week and uh, advance your craft, you know, and that type of thing. Um, so it's just really cool to have <clears throat> that resource. Every guitar store should teach lessons. We know that. Um, but it's something that we take very seriously. And we probably started our lesson program, I'd say, 15 years ago. And we've built it up since then. And that's just been really great. I mean, it's something that we we deal with all the time, Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. And also, just uh, and you probably could share a whole lot more than what I know, but uh, very involved with the Starville community. Uh, y'all help facilitate uh, the open mic at Dave's Art Course Tavern. Yep. Uh, don't, uh, if you play there, you get a free set of strings, right? Well, you get a, um, uh, a $10 gift certificate. Um, we also, um, we provide the MC for the event. Drew Dickman um, goes in as part of our sponsorship. Uh, and people will, you know, they'll go in and they'll do six open mics and then they'll bring all their gift certificates up here because they've got you know they'll apply it to like a larger purchase or something or like you say they'll buy strings you know um we try to you know when you're uh, we're not we're not just walking around with hundred dollar bills falling out of our pockets or anything but we do try to help where we can we try to get involved with uh different community programs um like there was a uh an event for the uh MSU Arts Department. They'd never done any fundraising, so they they needed to kind of get their fundraisers together. But it was going to be kind of a music-centric type event that they were going to put on where they had bands coming, which were local bands, local guys that we all knew. They approached us. Um, Is there anything you can help with this? You know, I was like, well, I can't give you $1,000, but I can give the people that are playing $25 gift certificates things like that. I mean, we try to find ways to get the, you know, to, to reach out to people who would be our customers, you know, um, mm-hmm. music-based programs, that type of thing. Um, obviously, we're somewhat involved with uh, Mississippi State and some of their band programs as well with musicians. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we, try to, we try to get involved where we can. Um, I've got some prospects for some future programs that I'm kind of excited about that's kind of behind the scenes right now kind of working out the details and figuring out how we want to go about it but um, I hope next year in 2024 we can do a serious monthly event but hopefully more more on that to come another cool thing we do which is actually coming up when's this going to air this is probably today okay um, 
on April 22nd, um, which is on a Saturday. Dale Rendon. Yes, you know, see, that, that's a, kind of a big day for Starville. Get the there's obviously Dale Fest. There's a crawfish bowl. There's record store day if you want to slide over scooters and, and buy some records from him. But we also, um, we also do a really cool thing every year called spring cleaning. And it's a really cool event where people can come out. If you've got any kind of music gear that you want to sell, like whether it be, you know, a guitar, an old pile of cables, you know, whatever you've got music-wise that you want to sell, we open up our storefront, like out in front of our building, and people can just come in and sell their own stuff. It's kind of like a community yard sale, you know, for music stuff. So people will come in. You'll have little, like, people set their own little booths up. They might be selling their guitar. They might be selling a PA speaker, an old mic, you know, anything like that. And it's just a really cool thing to kind of get the community together. We always see a lot of our local, like, kind of regulars on that day. Uh, everybody's kind of coming out seeing what to sell. So we try to get the word out on that pretty heavy. And it's just a really great event. And obviously, we don't take any kind of fees, you know. You just, you, whatever you sell, you keep your money. I don't know. It's just kind of been a staple for us. Spring cleaning is what we call it. That's cool, man. That's the first I've heard of that. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. Uh, and on top of, uh, I remember years ago, we, we both were sponsoring this, uh, Jamie's Expression Fest. Of course. We did it in the Cotton District. And I, I had no idea that... Y'all had, I, I guess, the stage and all the PA. That was y'all. No, no, no. Not um, the stage? No, that was our really good buddies over at um, uh, A&M Audio, um, Scott Allen and those guys. Okay. They provide stage rigging, and, I mean, they are, like, as professional as it gets. I yeah. mean, you saw the stage. That it's was incredible. legit. A hundred percent. They do a big, um, they do a huge event in Columbus every year where they set up, like, two or three stages of that ilk that you saw you know they set up like big giant productions but yeah those guys are awesome um any large staging that people need i mean i would definitely point them what people call us mm, about that type of stuff and we always send them over there to those guys <clears throat> but yeah um we got a little bit involved with uh with jamie on the expression fest that was a really really cool event even got to go out and do like a man on the street interview, you know, standing on the stage as it was kind of being put together, doing sort of a live thing. So that was really neat. Um, and I really wish that something like that would come back. Obviously, the Arts Fest is huge. Um, but yeah, any kind of little event like that, you got to get involved. I mean, that was a, that was super cool. I, and uh, I wanted to go over the uh, guitar and bass brands that y'all uh, carry here. It was the first place that I had ever seen them. And I've been curious, picked them up and played them, and you really sold them on me. It's like, mm. not a bad guitar. Yeah, 100%. So what is that brand, and how did y'all get connected with those guys? So um, there's a couple different really cool, um, I hate to say lesser known because worldwide they're huge brands. Um, for instance, Tajima, which is a really cool electric um, guitar company that we sell. Uh, you know, it's your $300 guitar, but compared to a company like, say, a Squire, it just absolutely kills it. And Tajima's a really cool company. And here, I'll hit you with my sales pitch. Uh, Tajima's a really cool company because they were never involved in the American market. They had no U.S. ties at all because they're sort of defender of Brazil. They're a huge um, Brazilian company. They sell about ten to 20,000 guitars a month down in South America. 
And when COVID hit in 2020, <coughs> they were just sitting on stockpiles of guitars. And we couldn't get guitars here in the States because of everything going on in the left coast and all that. So these guys started sending guitars up through the Port of Mobile. <laughs> and so they were able to just flood the U.S. market with all these guitars. People started realizing, holy cow, these are really, really great it's good pieces. good quality. A hundred percent. And... Um, now they're set up on. Uh, they set up their own U.S. sales division. It was the biggest, highest grossing year for Tajima and their company's long history. Um, so that's a really cool option, you know, for your for your kind of starter guitar. But I mean, we've got we've got guys that gig with those guitars all the time. I mean, they're super cool. Um, another company uh, that I'm really in love with right now is Eastman. Um, we. Uh, we started selling Eastman back in 2019, and we're part of a, um, a, a, a an organization called IMSO, Independent Music Store Owners. It's a forum. It's a private forum online. You must be credentialed to get in. You must be um, vetted. Um, so, if you own a if you own a guitar center, you can't be a part of it. You know that type of thing. <clears throat> so. Uh, we had a really cool company down in South Carolina called Paradise Music. A really great dude named Brian Loy started posting about these guitars. He was just getting boxes and boxes of them. You guys got to try out Eastman. You guys got to try out Eastman. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so we decided to give them a shot. We got hooked up with Eastman U.S. Sales. We got a few of them in. The first time I laid eyes on this guitar, I was completely sold immediately um for the price point you just can't hardly find a better acoustic guitar um and so we've been selling those forever hell i played a martin and a takamini for my gigging you know and i sold off both of those guitars and bought two eastmans wow that's how much i love those guitars they're fantastic there you go um but eastman not to get too deep off in the weeds but they started um it was a chinese guy came over to NYU to go to school and his whole family was violin luthiers. They all built violins. And this guy could not find a decent price violin in the U.S. market that wasn't... He couldn't find a decent violin that wasn't god-awful expensive. He said, we built all these great guitars, I mean, these great uh, violins in China. Let's just flood the U.S. market with reasonably priced, really good quality violins. So they blew up in the violin world. Um, and years down the road, this was probably back in the 70s, about the 80s, they said, well, let's let's make something that's kind of like a violin, but it's got frets. They kind of wanted to get into the fretted instruments and start making mandolins. Some of their mandolins are the best that you can find. They're fantastic. How about that? Um, and about 10 years ago, they decided to start building guitars and the rest is history. That's kind of their staple. I mean, they're fantastic. And Eastman literally means man from the East. Okay. Um, so enough about that. I could go on and on and on. You know, I, that's the salesman in me coming out. I love telling the story. Um, obviously, we're also, we sell G&L, which is obviously George and Leo, which was Leo Fender's last guitar company. We, we love G&L. Um, but man, what's a really a drag is the companies that we were selling for years and years, like LTDs, ESPs, um, Takaminis. When COVID hit, they just fell off the map. Yeah, they did. They won't even answer the phone when you call anymore. It's, it's insane, you know, how these com- how some of these companies reacted to 
the uncertainty of the world at that time. Um, but you know, we, we found a way to supplement, I'd say, you know, with some different brands and things like that. Just with those Eastman acoustics, like, you know, a lot of people will be like, well, Taylor guitars are too swangy. They're, you know, they're too on the high end of... <laughs> Maybe, you know, some people will, will say about a Martin, they'll have complaints about like, well, it's just, once again, it's a little twangy, it's a little, I'm not really a country music guy, it seems to be carried that direction, like, wh- wh- where would you put Eastman as far as like sound and tone, like, where would you place it? So, they've got a couple of different series in their acoustic guitars. they got the E series, which is the Martin type guitar. And then they've got the AC series, which is kind of which is what I like, which is kind of the Taylor type guitar. Your grand auditorium body shapes, your all solid wood guitars. Um, so it depends on which series. I mean, they make all kinds of different wood combinations and things like that, just like a Taylor, just like a Martin. Different bracings, you know, all the different things they do with a different series. So it just depends on what you buy. If you buy E series, you're getting more of a traditional dreadnought Martin. You know, thermocured top, all the cool stuff that Martin does. They do kind of the same vein. Taylor, kind of the same way with the with the Taylor S guitars and the AC series. But I tell you, there is a correlation that I, that we're seeing in the Taylor guitar in in Eastman. We were a Taylor dealer in the '90s, back whenever Bob Taylor started that company, mm-hmm. and Taylor was this really nice little guitar brand. Back in the 90s, nobody knew Taylor was kind of like Eastman. You know, they they just sort of started gaining popularity. And now they're the behemoth that they are today. Everybody knows a Taylor. Everybody knows a Martin. Eastman is kind of the same. They're, they're kind of on a meteoric rise in the short time that they've been building guitars. I mean, they've just exploded. I mean, and you're even seeing a lot of price increases. Same thing Taylor did, you know. Um... The thing about a tailor, when they first started, you weren't allowed to sell a tailor on the internet. You could kind of advertise them, you could put up pictures, hey, we have tailors, but you couldn't sell them. Bob Taylor wanted people to go in the stores, play the guitars, see the different models. And that was huge for them. Um, Eastman, a really cool thing that they do, they advertise their guitars online on their website much higher than what you buy them from at a store. Oh. So that's kind of their cool way to try to get of, you in the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. Cool man. Well, dude, I've got a, uh, I've got three more questions to walk out the door. So, uh, Starbull native, or maybe just kind of local to Starbull, is uh, man. Just uh, we've talked a little bit about the location. Is like uh, talked a little bit about being involved with the community. Uh, just a, a pitch to them if they've never done business. What would you say? Uh, if you've not done business at Backstage, I'd say you're missing out. It's incredible to me whenever somebody who, even a student at Mississippi State who's gone there for all four years of their degree, comes in and says, wow, I never knew you guys were here. And, I mean, we are the only guitar store in town. Most musicians, if it were me, I'd try to find the closest guitar store if I was moving from wherever, you know, in the world that you're coming to Mississippi State. Um, I'd say come see us. I mean, our... Our, our our customer service speaks for itself. I'd say we it try is. to be as down to earth. Whether it's the little church lady or the spiky haired, you know, leather wearing rocker, you know, we try to be all over the map and and help anybody we can. Uh, we try to be as knowledgeable as we can be. We've been in business since 1978. 
um, that's 45 years of backstage. That's a really long time for a local business like ours. Mm -hmm. Um, We've cultivated many relationships throughout the years uh, and just done, you know, done our best to provide the best musical services that we possibly can. Question two is, uh, what about the socials? Where can people connect with y'all? Uh, we are on everything. Um, we're on um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Instagram, Facebook is probably our most prolific platforms. Um, we also have a great website that we update weekly. We're constantly trying to keep inventory in there because we know people, a lot of people will just go to the website and see what we have in stock before they ever walk in the door. So you can always go to backstagemusic.com and try to see what we have a lot of times um, we've got pictures of the actual guitar that you would buy in the store just right there on the site so I definitely encourage people to try to go to our site and check check it out for sure I don't do so we've we've covered uh, nice check it out socials and last part is uh, man uh, what do you make of the future what are you most excited about now that you're a co-owner I'm really excited about doing more community outreach. That was one of my kind of my mission statement, if you will, when I was coming into this thing, where I want to be heavily involved with the public. I want to put on events and provide musical services, not only to put our name out there, I want to provide for the local players as well. I want to put people out there that would otherwise not have a platform other than the open mic at Dave's, you know. I get so many customers come in that just don't have a place to play, you know, whatever, whether it be a genre issue, whether it be, you know, just a visibility thing, them not knowing how to put themselves out there. I want to give players an opportunity to play mm-hmm. and to put them and to be visible. And it's like our, it's the backstage slogan says musicians serving musicians since 1978. I absolutely want to continue with that. Continue serving the public. Right on Cody. Well, thank you so much, dude. Thank you, Alan. It's good to have you, man. We're out of here.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.